hello and a big warm welcome back to the Health and Safety Digest, a special podcast by Astutis. And as ever, I am your host on this voyage of environmental health and safety training, uh, digital content writer at Astutis, Toby Howell. And I'm absolutely delighted to give to you this episode of the Health and Safety Digest as we are joined by um, the creator of the course that we are looking at in this particular episode, uh, Tim Marsh, who, um, along with uh, a former guest on the show, Jason Anker, MBE, uh, does a fantastic job in increasing awareness of mental health and the inclusion of well-being in health and safety. So in this episode, we discuss the new mental health and workplace safety course that will be available uh, very, very soon, uh, just after this podcast goes live. So without any further ado, let's take a look at the new mental health and workplace course. So Tim joins us today with over 20 years of global experience in in improving organizational culture. Uh, Tim co-founded Anchor and Marsh, offering consultancy and very bespoke guidance to organizations all around the world. His partner in crime, Jason Anchor MBE, who joined the podcast previously to discuss safety culture, told me, Tim, you are the man to discuss mental health in the workplace and the impact that it has. Uh, this nicely leads us on to the fact that you have recently created the Mental Health and Workplace Safety course. And today he joins the Health and Safety Digest to dissect the course and to give our audience a behind the scenes glimpse into the course. So without further ado, Tim Marsh, welcome to the Health and Safety Digest. Well, thank you, Toby. And the first thing to say is I wish it was just 20 years of experience, frankly, that I'd be a lot younger than I am now. It's rather more than that, but uh, just it says 20 years plus. Let's just put it that way. 20 we? years plus. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, firstly, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm, I'm doing very well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm top, I wouldn't say I was on top form because of the uh, age issues that we've already discussed, but, um, but top-ish form, <laughs> considering. Well, I am very, very glad to finally get you on the podcast. It's been something that we've been looking to do here at Stutis for some time. Um, you are the man in the field to talk to on this topic. And if we may, before we get into the course itself, could you let me and our and our audience know about your reasoning and motivation in creating the course? Sure. Um, and and I, I, obviously I am one, I, I would have to say that I am one of, of many people who, who, who talk well on this subject. Uh, my particular um, angle is that actually as a psychologist, my first job uh, about 30 odd years ago now was looking at um, suicidal behaviour in army recruits as, as a sort of a full on psychologist psychologist. But I ended up working in the world of behavioural safety. Um, and specialising in safety psychology and the, the proactive approach to to preventing incidents rather than the reactive, uh, you know, when things have gone spectacularly wrong. Um, and then spent the next 10 years on, on oil rigs and, and so on, and then safety culture generally around the world. Um, and in the last five years, the whole world of health and safety has really turned very sharply back towards well-being and health um, and mental health. Um, so, it's it, you know, for me, it's it's come home and why that's 
why, why people say kind things about what I what I say and what I write is that really Britain leads the world in safety. We are one of the safest countries in the world to go to work in. Well, certainly in terms of accidents, maybe less so in terms of health and exposure. But you know, let's uh, keep, keep it simple. Um, and we we know what excellence looks like, and and we know what methodologies we need to apply to achieve that excellence. But really, in Britain itself, we haven't applied those simple proven principles to mental health and well-being. Um, and so the world of UK safety really has a very important role to play in showing the world what you do if you want excellent mental health at work. Out of curiosity, in your own personal opinion, how important would you say mental health is to organisational safety? Uh, hu hugely. I mean, the first things first, let's talk about disruption and, and all the rest of it. So for every person in the UK that we kill in an industrial accident, 32 working age people will kill themselves, um, which, which means that huge numbers in, in the UK, millions in the UK are having really bad days. Um, and the problem with having a really bad day is all sorts of bad things happen when you're having a really bad day. You make bad decisions, you have bad interactions, you're demotivated usually unless you're frantic and, uh, and, and so on. Um, so, you know, so sometimes people can try too hard, uh, but, but usually you're just demotivated, flat uh, and having a bad day. And, and that directly does lead to accidents. Uh, so, so, for example, the three, the three factors that we that we consider. The first one is if you're having a really bad day, you're probably low in situational awareness and high in being distracted. That's a primary cause of, of accidents. Second one is you're probably fatalistic. You know, and we know from the world of excellence that you tend to get the luck that you deserve. What you don't want around high levels of risk is fatalism. Um, and the third one is, of course, you make bad decisions, you have bad interactions, you create a bad environment around you. You know, I give you a, re a really, really simple, horrible case study of a bloke who had a terrible row, he was a contractor, had a terrible row with the, the on-site supervisor, built road building, lost his temper, drove his, drove, drove his steamroller at him. Uh, and calm down 15 seconds later, you know, in the film A Fish Called Wanda, this was a really funny scene towards the end of the film. In real life, uh, just outside London, of course, the guy was going to spend quite a, quite a bit of time in prison after that. You know, and, 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 and that, that kind of instinctive losing your temper, losing your concentration, getting aggressive, uh, you know, being indignant, all that stuff is just not good for safety. So, you know, he, you you find a a very strong correlation. I, I, best to best to sum it up with a quote. I've, I've got a good friend called Laura Thomas. She was a barrister in in, in the world of safety and and now works as an executive for organisations. So you know at the Old Bailey and, and in big investigations, almost every single time somebody right at the centre of the of the investigation was having a really bad day one way or the other. That kind of sums it up. I mean, obviously it's it's not a perfect correlation by any means, but. Yeah. Well, no, the, the, it's really, really fascinating because I remember having um, your colleague Jason Ancrimby on the pod, and he he was describing the idea that it is that kind of unseen, invisible uh, problem that organisations have a very, very hard time uh, trying to decipher or sort out, and that was going to lead very nicely onto my next question, and it, it's regarding the course because obviously what you touched on there kind of hints at stuff that that is kind of analyzed and investigated more thoroughly in the course what can organizations who 
might have listened to what you've just said there and think that relates to us, what could they expect from this course in particular? Well, um, the idea of this course is just to outline initially why mental health is important. I, I think the last the answer to the last question had attempted that, you know, people with poor mental health or people who are just having really bad days are more likely to make bad decisions and have bad interactions and experiences in, in, in any number of ways, even just being rude to a client and, and, and so on. Um, so, so it's to outline why it's important. It's, a, it's to outline how organisations can impact on that, you know, primarily through the through understanding that good work is good for you. And if you have a job that you enjoy and is, is stimulating and engaging, you are mentally healthier than if you don't need to work at all. Of course, the opposite is also true. And, and huge amounts of what happens to people at work, I, I don't mean people who are are just about to have a breakdown and you have to take them to one side and talk them down i'm talking about everybody on a typical day you know we all have bad days and, and we all have elements of every day that's, that's suboptimal you know it's just what can organizations do if i can give, give you a really simple example you know that that illustrates how this works you know we know from safety culture excellence that people are not told go and do something risky and dangerous you know, they're not told that. What they're told is, I want this job doing safely, but by Friday. And what that means is, you know, as we understand the back brain now and, and how we make decisions often subconsciously is, I want you to do this job by Friday as safely as you can. And what you get is you get the job done by Friday as safely as is viable and corners are cut and risk mounts up. We know that. That's kind of classic safety culture stuff. Um, you know, so we, we often stress what you really need to say is safely and by Friday. And if there's a problem with that, let's get a coat and a Mars bar and sit around the table and, and talk that through. Now, the, the most obvious outcome of, of that is, a, is an analysis of the risk. And that's much better risk management because you come up with a much better solution and a, and a job design. Yeah. Um, but the second thing is it's a really adult way of talking to somebody. It's treating them with respect. It's valuing their experience and expertise. It's adult to adult. Now, what you also get from that, of course, is a richer, better, more empowered and engaged work environment, which is better for your mental health. So all everything, this is just tied up, you know. Apologies, everything you said there just really clicked into my head. And it really touches on this idea of being more proactive than reactive, not waiting for the bad thing to happen before it happens, if that makes sense. And I think that is a new attitude in in the arena of health and safety and well-being in the idea that we are now taking a more less passive and more kind of proactive approach to trying to combat uh, poor uh, mental health um if we may uh, can we go through the course starting with module one which is entitled the impact of mental health on safety and my interpretation uh, going through the course is that it analyzes it, it it introduces learners on the course to the consequences of good and bad uh, mental health is that right it, it is and, and frankly in in short um we've just discussed that we've we've been discussing chapter one really so that's because that's it, what we're talking about it is very interesting to me when we talk about uh, organizational well-being or health and safety this idea that people don't understand or, or they, there's this kind of internal battle about whether staff should go to, you know, the HR department or, or their line managers and, and notify them 
of their having a bad day, a bad morning, poor mental health, or whether it should be a kind of general um, underlining theme in a business that they should proactively enroll their staff anyway. What, uh, what, both. what would be your no, interpretation both. on that? Both. You know, we, we, we talk about, about the strategy that an organisation needs to adopt, and it's incredibly simple. You know, we know that it's good to talk. We know that actually it's good for the organisation to be asked for help. You know, we one of the five key elements of, of well-being is to be able to help people to contribute, you know, as well as mental health, relationship health and so on. Um, so, so it's good to talk. It's good to be asked for help. It, it's all part of a strong culture to be giving and taking help. Um, so that's a key element. And, and what you want to do is as proactive as possible so that people don't go pop. They, they do go to Ock Health, they do ring Mind, they do take up yoga in the evenings and the free the free yoga classes and, and mindfulness and so on. All the stuff that stops them going over the edge. Um, but the second thing is the, the really proactive thing. And again, you know, from the world of safety, we know that proactive is always better than reactive. Uh, and the world in, in this case is just creating a job that is good for you. Good work is good for you, you know, um, and bad work is bad for you. So, you know, rather than worrying about individuals and whether or not they're about to go pop because of things they brought in from home, because they're arguing with their boss, because they've got health issues, they're on medication, it, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all the stuff that, that, that individuals have just create a really strong, thriving, healthy organizational culture. And and you bring a lot of people with you quite naturally. And that's what this course sets out, sets out to. to it it, to... it is. It is to, to jump ahead to the modules, you know, uh, with case studies and illustrations. One, one, one section really says, well, OK, but we do have to do the, the reactive stuff. We do have to spot that people are struggling. How do we spot that people are struggling and what are the golden rules for stepping in? So golden rule number one is step in, you know, because a lot of people will walk past and say, well, like, I could I could make it worse. You know, I didn't like to. I, I could make it worse when people are in trouble you can't <laughs> you can you, you can say good things but you can't really say bad things you know you uh and and so we, we we encourage people to follow the golden rules of coaching not telling and don't give advice just listen and so on and and the second the second element is just really all about how do you create a strong thriving supportive engaging empowering culture um and if, you, if you're doing all that your mental health issues will be taking care of themselves to a great extent we're still talking about the 32 to 1 ratio it's a huge issue it's a, wow. a an ongoing guerrilla war to, to quote james reason you can't win it all you can do is fight it really really smartly and it delays the inevitable defeat as as long as possible um and 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 so that's that's what the modules cover well interestingly we're talking there about about establishing that that system about what what it takes to establish that system in an organization. Module two, which is entitled, what is mental health? I think, you know, quite quite clearly tries to define and then maybe illustrate the impact, well, or, or you know, in very much so what mental health is. What else could you tell us about module two and, and, and indeed the message there that we're trying to compound? Sure, sure. Uh, Toby, that's, that's, a, that's a very good question, uh, you, because, you know, when when we're talking about mental health, a lot of people have the assumption you either have it, I have good mental health, or I have bad mental health. It's a switch. It's it's a linear thing. It's a, you know, a, a X or zero thing, um, and, and it isn't at all. We all have 
mental health all day, every day. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, you know, on, on different days, different parts of the day, et cetera, et cetera. And when, when you look at, you know, you obviously you've got things like psychosis, schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress disorder, all sorts of really serious stuff that, that means you're probably on talking therapy as well as drugs and so on, you know, the really serious stuff. But 85% of mental health at work is just depression and anxiety. You know, and, and depression is merely thinking about things that have happened in a negative way. Now you're allowed to do that as a prompt to learning, but everything else is, you know, is is a cognitive behavioural therapist would say, well, that's every, every minute you spend thinking of something that's already happened in a negative way is a minute wasted. It's gone, you know. So prompt to learning aside, anxiety is just thinking about something that hasn't happened yet in a negative way. And again, a prompt to excellence and effort is one thing, you know, but it, it's every minute you spend just worrying about something that hasn't happened yet steals a minute from you trying to make it not happen. And and so the vast majority of mental health at work is, is just either depression or anxiety. And of course, we bounce back between the two. And we all do all of those things every day, every single one of us. It's just whether or not we hit critical. You know, um, and and so what we're trying to do as as an organization is reduce the amount of depression and anxiety knocking about by helping create positive thinking. I don't mean positive thinking as in I'm great and I'm going to succeed. I mean just generally less depression, de depressive thoughts, less anxious thoughts, more in the moment thoughts. You know, hence mindfulness and and meditation and all that stuff that has had some airtime recently. You know, but that's but but so so you know what what is mental health it, it's an impossible to answer question but as a working rule it is thinking unhelpful stuff to an extent that doesn't actually get in the way very very articulated um tim and i think when when people think about mental health when it's brought up it's always uh, imagined in the more negative light and I think yeah. that's that stigma that this course is trying to address. Like you say, everyone has mental health. It's something that exists, but it's about trying to utilize it to your advantage and not and not get, well, for the lack of a better term, getting stuck into your head too much. Um, interestingly, module three, which is called supporting struggling workers, I think is a really, really intriguing module. It looks to identify and investigate how to spot those who are obviously struggling. Um, and it introduces the CER mod, uh, model of investigation. And I would be really, really intrigued to hear more about that. Sure, sure. Um, how, how to spot people? Well, you know, again, if you've got a strong culture that involves lots of dialogue and conversation and, and people actually getting on with each other, you know people well, and it's really easy to spot when they're, they're not themselves. You know, the quiet ones who've gone chatty, the chatty ones who've gone quiet, the, the normally conscientious ones who've gone a bit sloppy and so on and so on and so forth. You just kind of know, you know. Um, so, so uh, and then, you know, and then what the care model says, OK, so you, you spot that Toby's having a bad day. What what do you do? And there, there are lots of models around and they're often care models, C-A-R-E. And you get these acronyms that make a nice word that you must remember. Uh, and two of them mean the same thing and, and they're not in the right order. So we, we went for the care model to try and simplify it. Uh, I'm a great believer. Nothing should be in more than threes. You know, any, <laughs> anything more than three and you can't remember it. And the older I get, the more that's true. You know, education, 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 the father, the son, the Holy Ghost. You find that throughout history, you want things in threes. So the care model, CER, uh, 
and, and as curious empathy followed by refer you know or reflect or re actually reflect or refer and, and what, what that means is we don't want people to be judging people we want them to be empathic in a curious way so open-ended questions most obviously how are you toby you know how, how are you how are you how are you doing how are you feeling you know so it's just open-ended empathy and, and not closed questions like you're all right, right. aren't you yeah, you are good and excellent. I thought you might be struggling, but you've just confirmed that you're all right, so I can crack on and get on with my day. Could have been really inconvenient there. You know, so curious empathy, open-ended questions, proper listening, and, and hence listening skills and so on. Um, and then reflect or refer is what you really want is coaching questions. Don't give people advice, you know. You'll be all right. My sister had this and she's fine. You know, you, you, you stick with how are you? What are you going to do about it? Is it a good idea to do this maybe? Yeah. So and, and you want the person on the receiving end to say, well, it might be actually. And you get that little internal promise. It's the only promise that means anything. And then, of course, refer uh, is if, if it's really obvious, we've got a problem here. And actually, I'm going to go away and leave Toby on his own now. But I'm a bit worried about that because he looks like he's really struggling to me. You know, maybe you should ring your doctor or Oc Health or the helpline or the EA program, uh, you know, or MIND or, or any any of the Samaritans or any number of wonderful organizations that might be able to help you when, when there's a crisis. So curious empathy, reflect or refer. I think that's utterly fascinating. It almost offers a kind of blueprint on how to approach those who are struggling. And I know for myself, if I, if I, if I found myself in a situation like that, that would be such a useful asset because i as we could probably tell i've i've probably butchered this interview never mind talking to uh, someone who's struggling at work so i think um i think that's a really really useful uh really really useful module but module four is by far my most uh intriguing module um because it is probably most uh, important to organizations it is called creating a positive culture and it will offer that kind of guide won't it to how organizations can take those steady steps on how to improve attitudes towards culture sure and, and we, we've covered one of the key elements of that which is to treat people like adults and not pretend to be curiously empathic but to actually be curiously right. empathic, you know and uh and, and all that but 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 another example and we've known about mental health at work for decades it's a guy called peter war working at sheffield university came up with his vitamin model of mental health at work and we all knew about it as academics 30 years ago, but it's only in the last five years that people have started to employ it. And he, and he talks about the key elements of a job that really help you. Uh, I'll give you a very simple example. He talks about aut autonomy, for example. You know, how much autonomy do you have? And, and he calls it the vitamin model because he says, look, you can have too much of a good thing. And so if you are a supervisor considering who Toby is and what Toby wants from his job today, you know, and I can think about there are several, you know, uh, opportunity for control, opportunity for growth and, and so on. But but autonomy, like if you're if you're the sort of person who really needs lots and lots of autonomy, you end up like myself, you end up you have to be self-employed. There's no other way to get, get through the week, you know, and, and I've been self-employed now for about 35 years. Um, if you're the sort of person who doesn't like a lot of autonomy, give them the level of autonomy I've enjoyed for 35 years. They'd never sleep. They'd never, they'd never get through the night, you know. So it's all about tailoring 
the, the individual role best you can to suit the person you're dealing with. You know, some people go crazy if they haven't got an opportunity to learn things and so on. You know, and when we talk about interpersonal contact, you know, some people like a lot of interpersonal contact. Some people like very little interpersonal contact. But we all know that everybody wants good quality interpersonal contact. So it's, you know, so that module also covers what does good quality interpersonal contact look like. So there's a little bit in there on how to give negative feedback in a constructive way, biff, biff off. And, and a bit on active listening and so on. And, and just generally the building blocks of a strong, empowering, engaging culture. I, I think this is honestly fantastic, an incredibly important course. And if we may finally, the final module, uh, module five, which is entitled Looking After Yourself, it promises to gift learners a toolkit on sustaining that positive well-being and most importantly, reducing stress. Um, what what would your viewpoint on module five be because it is the conclusion it is you know the the last thing that people will will come out of the course uh, trying to harness how important is looking after yourself well i i'm afraid i, I can't claim any any uh, anything unique here stephen colvey wrote the book you know the seven habits of the highly effective uh, many years ago and sold quite a few copies of it uh, so, so it's a rehash of what we all know because if you, if you read a newspaper or listen to a news article you know exactly what you need to do to look after yourself sleep well eat well enjoy good relationships uh, take lots of exercise etc 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 i'm hoping that just a reminder of those key truths after is it really after... that simple though is it really yes. as simple as as, as sleep yeah, and yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, if you've got bad genetics or you've been through a horrendously traumatic experience, it creates the pitch, obviously. But, you know, the basics, the basics um, uh, are really simple. So uh, I'll give you an example, Toby. You know, you're a schizophrenic. You know, you're absolutely diagnosed schizophrenic, but you're on the right medication. You are getting a good night's sleep. You are eating well. You are exercising. You are managing your relationships calmly, et cetera, et cetera you're probably having a much better day mentally than an average person. You know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, because, because it's all about, it, it's all about just how much gubbins is going on. Right. And if you, you know, and, and if you, if you're managing your gubbins really well, you know, and, and how, how, to, how to manage that sleep well, there's nothing more important than a good night's sleep, you know, and you are what you eat. So eat well. And, and don't drink too much coffee and certainly don't come to work half cut from the night before and sleep on the sofa and have a blazing row with your partner. Just the last thing you do before you leave the house, you know, give the kids a cuddle and then go down the gym via your meditation and, and yoga class and so on. We know all this stuff. It's just really, really, it's, it's just not new, is it? <laughs> Cutting down the coffee, I might have trouble with Tim. Um, I am a bit of a, a self-confessed addict of coffee. But thank you very much for being able to run through the course with us today. Um, I honestly, I can't wait to see the impact this kind of course has on, on organisations and individuals around the world. Um, it really promises to help. And so thank you very much for that. Um, you are a very, very busy man. Where can our audience find you, Tim? Um, well, I, 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 with the Studis, I'm, I'm doing a, a conference down in Farnborough in a few weeks. If they want to come and, and have a chat with uh, myself, with, with Bren, and we're going to do a joint presentation down there. Um, there are a fair few YouTube clips knocking around. Um, there are some books on Amazon and, 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 and so on. 
Um, so I, I, not 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 difficult to track down, really. And um, but but Toby, while while I while I'm on, you know, you talked about the environment. You know, you said you were a coffee addict. Uh, don't have any coffee tomorrow morning. Give me a ring about eleven o'clock. Tell me how you feel. That's if I'm still awake, Tim. You, you um, well, you, you will be awake, but you have a blinding headache. You won't be able to concentrate. You'll be grumpy. You'll be bad tempered. You'll, you'll be sad. <laughs> you'll be a whole bunch of stuff. Just just to illustrate how, how the environment works and all this stuff. It might not be an enjoyable phone call for you, but I will do my best to remember, Tim. Um, I hope I'm not as grumpy. Bring a colleague to tell us how, how you're doing. <laughs> I will do my best. Tim, thank you ever so much for, I know you're a very, very busy man, so thank you ever so much for taking your time on the podcast today. Uh, thank you very, very much. Okay, Toby, you're, you're more than welcome. Thank you for Thank you for having me. And well, there you have it. I would like to extend a big, warm, astutest thank you to Tim Marsh for joining us on the Health and Safety Digest. Um, so just just so that you are aware, listeners, we were do- we were talking um, about the mental health and workplace safety course. Um, it will be available very very soon. And for more information on the course, please do head over to our website www.astutis.com. And we also have blogs that analyse whether the course is really right for you or your organisation. And alternatively, you can find us on social media. Just type in Astutis, and you will most probably find us. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed uh, understanding the course as much as I have. I've truly uh, been given some some more forensic insight into the world of uh, mental well-being. And if you would like to follow uh, Tim even closer, he will be attending SHW Live in Farnborough on the 27th and 28th of September with us. So please do be sure to attend. So until next time, thank you very much for listening and please stay safe.